The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Monday, April 25th, and today we have some playoff takeaways from the weekend. Plus, we will have a review of Fantasy's third round players. Last two Mondays, we've looked at the first and the second round players. Today will be the third, and there are some intriguing names to hit there as well. So that's coming up in a little bit. Right now, I'm joined by Steve Alexander. And Steve, I think one place before we get into this we have to start is, I believe we have the latest in the ongoing saga of Dr. A's podcast panic. Can you tell us what happened over the weekend? Oh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I I was sleepwalking, sleep talking at like seven o'clock in the morning. My wife was like, dude. Sh-. On Saturday, right? Saturday morning, right? Or was, yeah, it was Saturday morning. I think so. And my wife was like, dude, shut up. And I was like, oh man, okay. And I, I I was still kind of asleep, but I was awake, and I stood up and put shoes and socks on, uh, got dressed, and started to walk to my office. And my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, I've got a podcast right now. Leave me alone. You know, Strauss in there waiting for me. I'm late. She's like, at 7 o'clock on Saturday morning, you're doing a podcast. I was like, Oh, and then I sort of woke up and figured out where I was and what was going on. Got back into bed and went back to sleep. With your with your shoes and socks on. Oh man, that's so good. Seven twenty on seven twenty three on Saturday morning. I got that update from you. I really got a kick out of that. Yeah, and I was asleep when I sent you that text also. It probably was not as fun for you, but I was amused by it. It was fun. Okay. And then Matt, you know, on uh Saturday night, um, yeah, my wife discovered these these NBA playing cards in a drawer mm-hmm. by her bed. Mm-hmm. There's for those of you watching. There's there's Kobe Bryant. Uh, there's who's that? That's LeBron James. Look at that. It's a, a yeah. These are like how these are like what are these like twenty years old? I think they're like from two thousand. There's friend of the program, Carlos Boozer. Yes, right there. Carlos Boozer. Just chock full. There's no Michael Jordan in here, but everybody else is here. Shaq. Uh, Tracy McGrady, Kevin Garnett, just a, and I think these sell for like forty or fifty bucks if you can find them. It's just a plain nice sports playing cards, and I, I the, think I found these at a flea market for like fifty cents in like two thousand five. The best thing is that you showed me those before the podcast, and Jamal McGlure is also featured in that deck. In that deck of superstars, Jamal McGlure made made it. He kind of threw everybody at the table for a loop because they're like. Who is Jamal Maglior? And um, yeah, he's he's sort of the outlier of the group. A little bit. A little bit. All right, Steve. Well, congratulations on the playing cards. Uh, What what a find. Seems like you and the family have really been enjoying it. So I'm happy for you guys. 
Really had a good time with it. Uh, all right, we got, we're going to start this off with just some takeaways from the playoff weekend. We'll just quickly fly through some of these series, things we've noticed, things that have stood out. Uh, it's not looking good for the Atlanta Hawks, Steve. Uh, they got crushed on Sunday night after a dramatic win on Friday. Um, what's really stood out to me, and I'm sure countless other NBA fans, is that in the last two games, the Hawks have surrendered a 21 to nothing run and a 15 to nothing run with their coach not calling a timeout in either instance. So that was fun. Hmm. That sounds familiar. The, that little 21 nothing run. Um, what series was that the other day? Um, there was one in the Memphis, uh, Minnesota series as well. That one. Yeah. And no timeout there too, right? No timeout. Yeah. I don't know how you, I don't know how you let that happen. I mean, pop, pop always calls timeout. Spolster does too. Spolster calls a timeout as soon as the Hawks, as soon as the Hawks get a clean look for three, he calls a timeout. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, Enough of this. Enough of this. Yeah, I don't really understand it. I, I, that Hawks game was tough to watch yesterday. They were yeah, agonizing. First quarter was okay, and then it got blown open in the second, and then it was never a game again. Yeah. And I chose to watch other stuff. I, I didn't even. I couldn't even do it. Yeah, we can move ahead. Uh, it's too upsetting, disappointing. Well, what is it? It's three-one Miami. Three-one. Got Going one back more to Miami. game in, in Atlanta. All you got to do nope. is win. Win that. Back one. to Miami though. Oh, you know, th- th- yeah, this game, we're getting ready for game five. That'll be back in Miami. Yeah, it's not looking good. We're going to Miami on Tuesday night, and it would be classic Hawks to win that game and then come back home and lose. It would That would be like, do they expect the unexpected with this Hawks team? Classic Hawks to get you, pull you back in. Yeah, one more time. Give you a little glimmer of hope. One time. I'm ready to, be, I'm ready to have my heart broken one more time this season. Steve, speaking of which, your Dallas Mavericks got Luka Doncic back, but lost game four against the Jazz. How are you feeling? Not good. Luka hit that three and put him up by four late. Um, They were getting all fired up and kind of celebrating. And Donovan Mitchell, I think, had a three-point play. Went Dwight Powell, missed a couple free throws. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, who's missed like almost every shot he's taken over the last three games. Yes. Um, took the final shot, and that did not end well. And it was a three-pointer when they were only down one. A lot of things I didn't enjoy about that game, man. But at least Luke was back out there. Yeah. You and I were talking beforehand. Dinwiddie in this series is 20 for 63 from the floor, 4 for 22 on threes. He went 2 for 9 in the last game, 6 for 21. The game before that. So, uh, yeah, maybe not the guy you want taking the final shot. It's just a thought. Especially when you got a, a guy named Luca. And Jalen Brunson on your team. Luca seems to excel in those situations. The Celtics are up 3-0 on the Nets. Uh, the sun is setting on this Nets team, Steve. And obviously, as you know, if you're a basketball fan by now, Ben Simmons will not play in game four. And uh, I, I mean, at this point, I don't even really know what you and I can add to that conversation. A lot is being said about there about Simmons. But what I did want to point out was sometimes you say things on this podcast, Steve, where I kind of say, all right, Steve, a little too far there. You're you're pushing it. But when we uh when this whole meltdown happened last summer, I have a pretty distinct memory of you saying something along the lines of, you know, I don't know when we're gonna see Ben Simmons on a basketball court again. I don't know that he's ever gonna play basketball again. Something to that effect. And I thought to myself at the time, well, that seems a little extreme, but now it really does make you wonder when are we gonna see Ben Simmons on a basketball court? 
It's a good question. And yeah, I think I, I, I was sort of on this Ben Simmons, anti Ben Simmons bandwagon kind of early. I think I was one of the, the, one of the leaders of that bandwagon. Uh, but what was absurd was for me to take the nets to beat the Celtics in our draft show yes. two weeks ago. That was, that was absurd. That was, I needed somebody to reel me in and Vaughn tried. I think Vaughn was like, dude, I couldn't disagree more. I think I too uh, made that mistake, Steve. You, mm. you drank a, a whole liter of the nets Kool-Aid because you had them uh, making the finals. I didn't, go yeah. that far but i did have a swell of it i think who was magic johnson said on twitter yesterday he's like i've watched a lot of guys play together in my life and i just don't think Kyrie and kevin durant can play together mm -hmm. and he may be onto something there and then this whole ben simmons thing i mean i don't really even have anything to add to it you have to wonder you know tim legler's like he's lost credibility with the entire league i've been saying that he doesn't care about basketball for a year now um if he did play in this game matt he could be the first nba player in history to play in back-to-back -back games where he was eliminated from the playoffs as his only two games in the past like two years um, point. so that would have been pretty sweet had he got in there and gotten gotten eliminated but whatever man i mean i don't know yeah uh but yeah the nets are a mess the Grizzlies and the Wolves are tied 2-2 after a great game on Saturday. And there's a lot of different angles to this series. There's a lot going on in this series. Uh, you know, from the dads, the, the the rival dads, to just all of the, you know, memorable performances we've seen. But one thing that really stands out to me, just from a basketball sense, is Desmond Bain. I mean, we talked about him the other day. He's been so impressive in these playoffs. 23.3 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 0.5 steals, 0.8 blocks, 4.8 threes. And Steve, he's shooting 48.7% on threes. I mean, what can you say? 8 of 12 from downtown in that game, 34 points. He's just balling out. He's doing everything that Jaron Jackson is not doing. Um, Carl Anthony Towns was great in that game, 33 and 14. Mm -hmm. And Minnesota got a one-point win. Like, how fun is that series? Tied up at two-two. Uh, it's it's become basically must must see TV for that one. Uh, Dylan Brooks also underrated. Twenty-four points, ten to twenty shooting. Ja almost triple double. Didn't shoot it well again, but that's a fun one, man. I'm enjoying that. It is, and another series that is now tied two-two is the Pelicans and the Suns, and that's in large part due to Brandon Ingram just getting incredibly hot in these playoffs. Three straight 30-plus point games. He's averaging 29.8 points, 6.8 rebounds, five assists per game in this series. CJ McCollum, 24 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, six assists, 3.8 threes. And without Devin Booker, I mean, man, Steve, I think I still expect the Suns to win, but with each passing day, it's starting to feel more and more possible for New Orleans. Well, I think the Suns are really upset about free throws in that game because I think... Um... Well, should they have been? Yeah. They got 15, and the Pelicans shot 42 wow. free throws. So there's a big discrepancy there. I think the Suns are upset about not getting calls and not getting to the line. But, man, I'll tell you what, the moment that, of that game that I I kind of enjoyed and, and checked out is the Pelicans had the ball. They had a botch play. Someone uh, punched it out to the top. Was mm -hmm. it Valanciunas? No, it was um, who was it? Is it Alvarado? 
somebody punched out and went right to CJ McCollum and he just pulled up and nothing but the bottom of the net. And it just kind of put it, it was a dagger, put the game away. I also liked uh, Herb Jones getting elbowed in the face by Chris Paul and he didn't even flinch. And then Paul tried to help him up and, and Herb didn't let him help him up. He waited for a teammate. And then you had Grand Theft Alvarado hiding in the corner again and stole one from, from Chris Paul from behind, which is, which is what he does. Yeah, it was Larry specialty. Nance, Albert, Albert Merrick, and it was Larry Nance uh, Jr. that tipped that ball out. But it's a cool play. And um, man, Pelicans, tell you what, everything's, everything is going in their favor right now. And this taking Devin Booker off the Suns is a huge yeah, obviously a huge factor, but I mean, I'm with you. I still feel like the number one seed should win the series, but I have no idea if they're going to now. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like Phoenix seems like they're waiting for someone to, to step into that Devin Booker void. I mean, DeAndre Ayton led them with 23 points in that last game. Chris Paul only had four. Um, and Cameron Johnson, you know, took 12 shots at 13 points, but he still strikes me as the guy who, could have a big game here um, and flip this series. Maybe. 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 We'll see. It's weird that all these point guards, I mean, Trey Young scores nine. John Morant's struggling to score with Mm -hmm. his shot. And and then Chris Paul is struggling as well. It seems like some of these really good point guards are being stymied. Mm Mm-hmm. Stymied, Matt. Stymied. Elsewhere, the Bucks, Warriors, and Sixers are all up 3-1. Just a quick note on that Sixers-Raptors series. Fred Van Vliet is out Monday with a left hip flexor strain. I think we're left to assume that the Raptors will just go point guardless, right, Steve? They'll just play a bunch of forwards. That seems to be Nick Nurse's preference <laughs> these days. And Malachi Flynn will play for a minute, but yeah, it's going to be... That, that series is done, I'm afraid. All right, we're going to get into fantasy's third round in just a minute. Uh, First, we're going to take a quick break. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet, which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high-coverage foundation, more popular than soft-launching your boyfriend, more popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs, the Premier League, on the PGA Tour, and NASCAR circuit. 
Okay, Steve, the last two Mondays, as I said earlier, we've reviewed the first and second round players in fantasy. So go back and check those out if you missed them, if you want to listen to those conversations. We're going to get into the third round players today. These are players who ranked 25th through 36th in nine category leagues on a per game basis. We took this from basketballmonster.com, but Yahoo's rankings end up being pretty similar if not identical. Number 25, Miles Turner, Steve. This is an interesting one right off the bat because if not for the injuries, he would have been a great draft value. Uh, His numbers in the games he played, 12.9 points, 7.1 rebounds, 0.7 steals, 2.8 blocks, 1.5 threes. Of course, as we know, though, he missed 40 games. So how do you uh, digest that season for Miles Turner? Well, and now the the Pacers have all those new young bigs Mm -hmm. I don't know what the future holds for Miles Turner. Uh, I know when I had him and Jared Allen on my team, things were going really, really well. And then when the fantasy basketball gods took those guys off my team, things started to turn and I lost the championship. So tough. Turner was Turner was good, man. Like when he was playing, he was good. And, you know, he hit so many threes and blocked so many shots that, that's all you really need from him. So that two point eight, I mean, that number is just is just uh, absolutely difference making. And I think for me, obviously, we got to see what happens with him this offseason. You know, where is he playing? What's the story? How is he recovering? But if all looks positive, he I will absolutely kind of put those missed games aside this year. And and if he's there in the third round for me. I just feel like it's worth it because because of the scarcity of blocks. So he is he is absolutely a third round target for me. I need to see where he is and, and what's going on. Yeah, and who agreed. he's playing with and all that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm a Miles Turner's Turner guy. I've always not been scared to draft Miles Turner. Uh, kind of a similar story with the number twenty six player Lonzo Ball. Uh, first season with the Bulls, he was averaging thirteen point zero points, five point four rebounds, five point one assists, one point eight steals, point nine blocks. 3.13s. He was fitting in seamlessly in Chicago in real life, and the fantasy production was a lot of fun for those who had him. And then suddenly knee trouble hit, and he was done. Played in only 35 games. Steve, assuming he has a clean bill of health, will you uh, will you take Lonzo in this range? Absolutely. Point blank. I had tons of Lonzo shares last yeah. year. I I like Lonzo. The Bulls were a different team when when yeah. he was playing well, and. You know, had he been around for these playoffs, it might have been might have been more of a battle. I mean, we talk about the two point eight blocks for Turner, two point seven combined steals and blocks for Lonzo is no joke either. One point eight steals, point nine blocks. That's difference making stuff right there. His it is totally is. Teammate Demar Derozan was twenty seventh overall, twenty seven point nine points, five point two rebounds, four point nine assists, point nine steals, point three blocks, point seven threes. Obviously, it's kind of the flip side. With DeRozan from Lonzo Ball in terms of the categories, he's not giving you a lot in steals, blocks, and threes. He is giving you a lot everywhere else. So it's a matter of roster building. But Steve, again, this is I think, you know, we're not real worried. I'm I'm certainly not worried about DeRozan's age uh, or any sort of decline just yet, even though he's a little bit getting up there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm more worried about the fact he doesn't hit threes or steal the ball. Yeah, but he returned that value this year without doing that, and he was in some MVP discussions. Like he he played really really well for the Bulls. Like he played so well, in fact that I don't think I don't think most of us knew he still had this type of game in him. So incredible season for DeRozan. I mean, I'm, he's not going to be at the top of my list for a third round target, but 
I don't think I'd shy away from from drafting him. He shot a career best on three attempts, by the way, 35.2 on his limited attempts, just 1.9 attempts per game. But the .73s made was his most uh, third most ever and most since back in 2017-18. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're, we could see more than one per game from him if he chose to shoot more. But that's very much up in the air for a guy who's as good as he is from mid-range. Number 28, Steve. This is the big one. This is the one we've been waiting for. This is the one uh, you've been waiting for. Luka Doncic was 28th. If you include all nine categories, we'll get into that in a second. 28.4 points, 9.1 rebounds, 8.7 assists, 1.2 steals, 0.6 blocks, 3.1 threes. Obviously, have to mention the 74.4 from the line. Lost you a jersey. I still have to choose one. 4.5 turnovers. You're not going to find these kind of counting stats anywhere else in the third round anywhere else past the first round really and you punt free throws free throws alone and he jumps to 12 overall so we've heard your thoughts before but just give us the latest on luca well you're also not going to find luca available in the third round right you're it's not. just not going to happen yes he's going to go in the first round of every draft he unveiled his new shoe um big big on deal. saturday um, a lot of people say they're ugly. I tend, I'm good with them. I, I need a pair. Oh man. Anybody wants to hook me up. I will take Luca again next year with my first round draft pick. If he's there, you know, I've never, um, I've never really successfully punted free throws. I've kind of done it by accident in some leagues. I feel like next year might be, might be the year where I just, where I just embrace the punt. You know, I mean, the it's, thing is, seventy five is not bad, dude. Like you, you had to punt if you drafted Shaq back in the day. Yeah, seventy five percent free throw shooter. You don't necessarily need to punt. You can do like in a head to head league. You can do like a soft punt. It's a like a light punt where like you might win it some weeks, but you're, it's not one you're counting on, and you're gaining right. the advantage from not worrying about it, whether you win it or lose it. Yeah, and like I've said over and over again, I paired Luca with Lamella Ball. In all those, all in well, in that one main league, and like it was, it was just I had Luca and Lamelo and Jared Allen and Miles Turner and oh, everybody man. else. It didn't matter who else I had. I did those guys did everything for me. You were loving that first half of the season, Steve. I was loving the second half. It just I just got blown out by a miracle Kyrie Irving game in the playoffs. Yeah, in the finals. So for years, Nikola Vucevic has been in my mind, a little bit of a fantasy cheat code because you could get him slightly later than you should and he would put up borderline first-round value. This year, he actually did put up third-round value. 17.6 points per game, 11 rebounds, 3.1 assists, a steal, a block, and 1.43s. And, you know, I, I, I probably expect a similar ceiling given the, the landscape of the Bulls, him playing with Levine and DeRozan. It just makes sense that he didn't get to 20 points per game this year. The rest of the numbers, though, I mean, what is there really to argue with? And it just seems like a solid, super safe third-round pick if he if he falls that far. He really is. And anytime I see him get drafted by somebody other than you, it it makes me sad because <laughs> I feel like he should always be on your team. It should just be a rule. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. It means a lot. What can you say? He's very, very solid third-round pick. You know, I would almost say the same thing. Similar story with Terry Rozier this past season. Number 30 overall player. Are you raising your hand? You're jumping in. What do we have? Well, it, does it seem to you like these third-round players are safer than most of the second-round players we talked about? Like, I think a lot of these third-round guys may be going in the in the second round next year. Interesting. Interesting point. 
Um, do you have anyone in mind in particular there when you say that? Paul George. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chris Paul next year. Yeah, Porzingis. Porzingis. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, some of these guys, some of these guys might might get up there. And especially the way like Kevin Durant looks in these playoffs. We kind of we kind of didn't talk about that when we were talking about the Nets, but mm -hmm. I mean, does KD suddenly look old to you? Yeah, but I mean, considering, you know, the last five weeks this season, he averaged like 31.1 points per game. So I just think it's more the, the Celtics defense making him look bad is, you know, my yeah. my initial thought there. Okay. Okay, good. Glad we talked about that. <laughs> Terry Rozier, anyways, uh, number 30 overall player, 19.3 points, 4.3 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 1.3 steals, 3.03s. Anyone who has had him on a fantasy team the last couple of years, I, I don't know that you could possibly log a complaint about the guy's production. I think my only questions now are, we have new coach headed to Charlotte, still TBD, uh, but Scary Terry, I think, hopefully should be fine there, right? Regardless. I think he will be. I mean, I, I, I always worry about his shooting percentage, but it's not that bad, you know? No. It's, uh, it's sort of like Lucas free throws. You can survive it. Agreed. And he had a, he had a big year, fun year, very fun. Charlotte, and um, I think he's underrated. I don't know that he'll go in the third round. I think he's he's one of those guys that people kind of avoid until later. It is weird. It is weird. He he. You could certainly get him later than the third round last year. I hope that continues to be the case. I fear that uh, his production has finally caught up. The perception and the production finally might match, but we'll see. Miles Bridges, his teammate, was thirty first overall. He put up 20.1 points, 7.0 rebounds, 3.8 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.93s. Another guy who is just a lot of fun to have on your roster in the James Borrego regime. Uh, worth noting, though, in addition to the coaching change, Bridges is headed for restricted free agency. So it is possible he is not a Hornet next season, Steve. And that obviously would be a big situation to monitor. Well, and I think you and I both are not happy about this James Borrego thing. No. And, um, you could count on Grizzlies players or on, on uh, whoever they are, the Charlotte Hornets players to get uh, to get the same minutes every night. Yeah. Have the same role every night. Miles Bridges and Terry Rozier were, were built into that. And so was LaMelo. And um, so there there is some hesitancy there. Um, any anybody who throws a mouthpiece at a little girl. On purpose? No, I'm just kidding. He he accidentally hit a little girl with his mouthpiece, but he was throwing it at some big dude screaming at him. So, but yeah, I, I love Miles Bridges. I thought he was one of the breakout stars of this season, and I I would I would draft him in the third round. Drew Holiday was number 32 overall, 18.3 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 6.8 dimes, 1.6 steals, 2.03s. Pretty much classic Drew Holiday. There's no undiscovered ceiling left here, Steve. But the floor, I think, remains pretty high for the foreseeable future. Yes. And now Chris Middleton's hurt. Giannis's knee's always a little shaky. Drew doesn't seem to have any injury issues. I think he's rock-solid third-round point guard, man. Your guy, Jared Allen, 16.1 points per game, 10.7 rebounds, 0.8 steals, 1.4 blocks. Those numbers had him as a 33rd player overall on a per-game basis. I mean, I personally, my, my policy these days, I don't, I don't really ding a player's value for like a hand injury. And that's where we are with Allen. I just think 
things like that are are you know a little fluky unpredictable it's not like you know recurring hamstrings or ankles or something like that so i basically file that under zero worries with allen and i wonder will he will he be another guy who's closer to the end of the second round than you know middle of the third in terms of draft position Mm, I don't know. I think I got him in the fifth round last year, fifth or sixth. It seems mm-hmm. like he was he really exceeded expectations this year. It was kind of a breakout season for Jared Allen. Yeah. I don't know if he's locked into third round or not. I could see people falling for you know somebody Darius Garland, DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards, Jaron Jackson. I could see a lot of guys going before Jared Allen. I still think he's he's going to be a value pick this year bunch of the guys you just mentioned there are fourth round guys and more to come on that in a minute but let's go to number 34 Shea Gilgis Alexander when he played another when he played situation put up 24 and a half points five rebounds 5.9 dimes 1.3 steals 0.8 blocks 1.63s a lot to like in that stat line the part not to like is that he missed 26 games Oklahoma City uncertainty looms very large here Steve and I think I don't know that it's it might be enough to scare me away again next year I mean, well, how many games did he play this he, season before this? It was the yeah, same thing, right? I'll double-check that, but yes. He was shut down early. It's not very many, yeah. and it's this OKC thing of collecting first-round picks. Like, at some point, they are going to have to, like, do something with all those and try to start winning games, right? Like, yeah. you can't just collect first-round picks forever and tank forever. Right. Or can you? Or can you? And Shea's in the prime of his career, so, like, let's get him out there and let him play. So... Uh, I, I'll probably still take the, take the bait, my third round pick 35, ga- 35 games played the year before Steve 56 this year. And then he was all the way up to 56 this year. Yeah. Soared to 56. Hmm. That's tough. Uh, I, okay. I, I'll probably still take the bait though. I'll probably still, still do it. All right. You're in. I'm out. I'm too scared as of this date in late April. Number 35, this is a guy I will be drafting quite happily and probably earlier than this, Pascal Siakam, 22.8 points per game, 8.6 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.6 blocks, 1.1 threes. You punt free throws here, Steve, and he jumps to 21 overall. So I think Siakam, man, can you can you get, are you going to be able to get Siakam in the third round? I don't think so. I think he'll be gone in the second round. Yeah. He's he's but so, he's just safe. so solid, so so consistent, yeah. safe and solid. All those everything that Shea Gildas Alexander is not. Yeah, uh, Jared or uh, what? Why, what was wrong with me? Pascal Siakam is. You can't stop thinking about Jared Allen, basically. <laughs> well, I I don't know what team anyone plays for anymore either. All right, number thirty six is the guy I mentioned before, Desmond Bain. This breakout season saw him average eighteen point two points per game, four point four rebounds, two point seven assists, one point two steals, three point oh three pointers. I have a, a super hard time personally. We talked about this before when you drafted a guy late, successfully got him late in a league or three. You know, then having to make the leap in draft position by like a hundred picks where you take him. So. If you're going to tell me that Bain is somehow going to third round, uh, you can count me out for next year simply on principle. I can't do it after drafting him so late <laughs> this year. Well, I wish I would have had him somewhere last year. I, I slept on Desmond Bain. Um, what a season he's have, having. What a what a playoffs Man. he's having. Just a stud now. And it probably is going to take the third round to get him. And I'm with you. Like, that's too... It's not fair. It's not right. <laughs> it's not fair. 
just <laughs> based on principle alone, we cannot do that. Uh, would I take him in the fourth round? Yeah. yeah. Would I take him late third round? I might. It depends on who else is sitting there. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with but you. You're going to have to pay for Desmond Bain this year. Yeah. So that's number 36. That's 25 through 36. That's the third round officially on a per-game basis. I want to note the players who just missed and see if you have any thoughts on these guys. Um, but let's not hit these too hard because I think, Steve, I want to continue this experiment for at least one more week and do the fourth round because it's going to include names like Darius Garland, Jaron Jackson Jr., Bam Adebayo, DeMontis Ponis, Anthony Edwards. A lot of intrigue there in that fourth round. The fourth round production this year, and we should talk, I think, next week about where we might take those guys. I think we should too, and you didn't you didn't mention Zach Levine or Damian Lillard. That's how much intrigue there is. That's a lot and where does damian lillard go next year man it's a that's mm. a that's a potential uh draft breaker right there you know what i mean that's a you know who else is floating around right around that area tell me ja morant i know and ja's gonna he's inevitably gonna go at like latest in the second round right yeah i mean it, i think that where they finished and where they get drafted next year are gonna be two different things yeah People are not. I mean, Clay Thompson's out there. Yeah. Um, Brandon Ingram, man. Not that that matters. Bradley Beal, another guy with plenty of sort of top ten. I mean, top fifteen production on his resume. Who is semi? I don't want to say forgotten, but a little bit off our radar, just like Lillard. So we definitely need to talk about those guys. Yeah, I look forward to doing that do uh, next Monday. Great. Any parting thoughts for you, Steve? Before we get out of here, uh, let's go Mavericks tonight. Let's let's go get this done. All right. Good luck. Good luck. It's going to break my heart. It's going to really ruin my year if they do not get out of the first round. Again. Man, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll be thinking of you, Steve, as I watch that game. Thank you. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. The schedule for this week, you might know it by now. We'll be back on Wednesday and Friday as usual, as is our routine here during the playoffs. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live with us today. And Steve, thank you to you. I will talk to you soon. See ya. Thanks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.